So at mile 63, could not keep anything down. And the ambulance got there and I was like, I'm not getting in the ambulance. And continually letting God use me to bring him glory. And like running, uh, leading, leading soldiers. All right, welcome to the Run the Race podcast. Jason Dennis here, as I am each and every week, uh, talking to some uh, extraordinary folks, talking about fitness and faith. And, uh, you know, I, I've become a runner the last eight or nine years, and um, uh, the farthest I've run is, I think, about 35 miles. And the gentleman I'm talking to today, the young man who I think we talked about, he's half my age, he's 23 years old. Uh, he uh, just finished 106 miles in 24 hours. Pretty amazing, we're gonna talk to him about that. He's a sergeant at the Army National Warrior Training Center, a support platoon, a support, a support platoon if I can talk, NCO, responsible for supporting schools around at uh, Camp Butler. He's been in the military since he was uh, 17 years old, so the last five or six years. One overseas tour in Kuwait and Bahrain for 11 months in 2020. Uh, he's originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So that's, I, I'm from North Carolina as well. So we're, uh, I don't know if he's a Tar Heel fan or not. So we'll, we'll mm -hmm. see, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and um, he also is, uh, you know, faith for him is everything to him. And running brings him closer to God, closer to Jesus and brings him peace. And, uh, you know, he wants to be able to encourage others, inspire others, glorify God. It really is his main thing. We're going to talk about some of his race highlights. He had a Pine Mountain 40 miler uh, back uh, last uh, winter time. And then the Merrill's Mile, the 24 hour race he just completed uh, about a week and a half ago. He's still recovering from that. And so without further ado, uh, and also, by the way, he He's a meteorology major at Mississippi State, two years left on his major's degree, and uh, his name is Nathan Harmon, and maybe a future uh, meteorologist could be working here at WTVM, perhaps in the, in the future. So again, uh, Nathan, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Oh yeah, good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nathan, tell me about, first of all, we want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, faith in God and talk about how, um, that, how that's important to you um, as a young man, hopefully to inspire others and to talk about your faith and not be afraid of that. But also, I want to talk about fitness a little bit with you first because, and that, that those kind of cross for you as they well. They do, very much. And so, you know, tell me about, um, you know, some people, you know, get out there and run, you know, a few miles here and there. They run some 5Ks, maybe even go up to like a half marathon. You uh, are now running these crazy 50-mile, 100-mile races. So I guess the first question is, why would you want to put your body through this and run this far? Is there a, a goal or a, uh, something motivating you to do this? So for <laughs> me, mo like motivating me into these ultra-distance races is God like everything about it because I like challenges and one thing that the military has taught me being in the military for going on almost six years it's taught me that like tough challenges bring out so like beautiful work so like running for me and especially running far has taught me that pain's temporary and you can keep on pushing on yeah so like when I have to get to work at like 3.30 in the morning in order to get my runs in, training up for 100 milers and beyond. And like the 24-hour race that I just did, uh, like that was, my goal was 100, but beyond that, I had no idea how many more miles I was going to go. Now, had you ever done a 24-hour before? I had not. Okay, so now I know you've done the 40-miler in Pine Mountain, so you yes. at least you've gone that distance. So, um, well, first of all, kind of 
take me through how do you train for you know a 24-hour race because and, and this is no typical you know one-day race this is in um early july yeah. in georgia which is very hot very humid i mean you, you you can potentially see triple digit feels like so how do you prepare yourself for something like this so going like into it ahead of time like i'll start taking potassium pills start taking potassium and sodium pills leading up to the race so i can increase my potassium levels and then increase my sodium because you're going to sweat a lot on these races like especially for 24 hours you're out there in no shade whatsoever it's the sun's shining down on you for 24 well, the sun's shining down on you until the sun goes down. <laughs> That's right. Until yeah. like 8 o'clock at yeah, night. Yeah, until 8 o'clock at night, which is quite a while. Because you're starting at 9 in the morning, but the race doesn't finish till 9 the next morning. Yeah, yeah. And it's a one-mile track. Wow. So. And then where this took place in Dahlonega? Dahlonega. Okay, it's called Merrill's Mile. Yeah, right. so it took place at Camp Merrill, so where they do uh, Mountain Phase for Ranger School. So... Uh, it's a one-mile track, so you start, and then six hours later, you turn directions. Wow. Now, is is this um, a place where, like, you know, maybe you are walking or running where rangers have gone before, you know, maybe for many decades? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for you, uh, you know, having, you know, being in the military, does, it, does that have some extra it, significance for you? It gave me a bit more motivation seeing the ranger tab there because I went through ranger school back in January, but I missed push-ups by four. So it gave me that little extra motivation to be like, okay, if I can do this, I can get, I can possibly go back to ranger school in the future, yeah. which is a big time goal of mine yeah. being in the military. Now, I want to talk about this, you know, this crazy adventure you had during this 24-hour race. But uh, going back real quickly to how, training for this, I mean, you've got a coach, you know, Kina, Kina, yeah, it's who, who has been on the podcast before. But are you doing a certain distance, um, like, you know, per week? Or are you like, okay, this so is going to be running, my longest long run? So I'm running about 50 to 60 miles a week. So during the week, I'll do Monday through Thursday. I'll run for an hour, and then some days I'll run for 90 minutes. Uh, I'm running based off of time, but it's considered supposed to be an easy run. Right. So an easy run for me is like nine-minute pace. Gotcha. So a nine-minute pace for about 60 minutes would put me at six and a half miles. Right. So you're a little so. more than a 10K, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, so now, you know, you arrive for the race. It's 24 hours. It's uh, so you said it starts at nine in the morning. Yes. Um, so uh, you go, you have your goals going in. So was how did it go for you? I mean, I, I, so I, my goal going into it, of course, was like, okay, I'm going to go in here and try and set the course record. <laughs> so the course record's 126 miles. Yeah, you, you mean you're 23, you're fit, you're you're yeah, trained I'm up. Like, you, know? you know what? I think I can I can do that. So I stayed steady at around nine minute pace for the first 50 miles, which for me to keep that pace for that long was really, really good. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing good. Well, mile 63, I thought I was hydrating enough, but being in the Georgia heat, it's, it's tough to stay hydrated, especially in this heat. So at mile 63, I could not keep anything down. Mm. When you say that, you're, you had to, like, stop running? I, had to, I literally was 
like on my knees, just vom just could not keep anything down, vomiting. Wow. wow. And then somebody came on, like the other runners, of course, stopped and they were like, hey, let's, we need to get you back to the, uh, to the start point, which I was a half a mile out. So they got me back to the start point and then the race director and then all the people were like, hey, we need to call an ambulance. I was like, okay. And then the ambulance got there, and I was like, I'm not getting in the ambulance. Yeah. They checked my vitals. The uh, EMT checked my vitals. My vitals, my heart rate was sitting at 78 beats per minute. So I was like, that's good. And then they checked my blood pressure, and it was like 120 over 80. So vitals were great. It's just my hydration and nutrition was off, yeah. so I needed to get my hydration and nutrition back right. Now, did you feel like you were like in danger for hurting yourself, you know, long term or, or something else? And and no. maybe thought about like, okay, I need to stop here. I've done sixty three miles. I've done enough. You know. No, <laughs> I have that mentality from being like in the military, and then also just through God is just keep going. Yeah, just yeah. don't stop. Yeah, like stop rehydrate keep fueling my body like the next like 37 miles i walked until i got to 100. Uh, i walked at like a 16 17 minute pace wow because i mean i had plenty of time it took you much longer but but obviously you were getting those miles in i was i mean i was just like well at this point i can walk uh, and still get my miles in because i mean i was uh, w when i did become a heat casualty uh, I was already on pace for like 150 miles because yeah. I had already set myself up for success by going that fast for that long. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like? So and you had somebody running with you and you, you had obviously some, some people maybe perhaps cheering you on for so those the last 12, The last 12 hours I had a buddy of mine, Dane Tilbert, mm -hmm. who did the Stinger 24 hours. Uh, back in November. Who He's been a, a previous podcast guest as he well. He has, so. yeah. He did 129 miles in 24 hours yeah. on a quarter mile track. Yeah. So he came out the last 12 hours and helped cheer me on and helped push me and walk a good 30 miles with me. Yeah. To, like when I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it to 100. He was <laughs> like, oh yeah, you are. Just keep this pace and we'll get there. Yeah and then made it about to 100 at like 22 hours and 50 minutes. Gotcha. And then at that point, I was like, when they gave me the belt, the belt buckle, I was like, I can continue on. Yeah. And so, my legs came back to life. <laughs> so you started actually running. Running, yeah. <laughs> like, which was actually hurting at the, like towards the end, like once I finished, I was definitely done. Because that last hour, I drained yeah. every bit of my body yeah. in that last hour. So what was it, you know, 106 miles in 24 hours? I mean, what was that like? Was it a feeling of success? Were you just just exhausted physically? For the first couple of days, it took, took a minute to, like, actually grasp, hey, what, th this is what I just did. Like... Took a, it took a few days, like towards the end of the week, finally people were in my job at work were like, 
you ran how many miles? <laughs> you crazy? Six? <laughs> and we're like, that is insane. Do you not realize that's literally from Columbus to Atlanta, downtown Atlanta? I'm like, huh. <laughs> now I didn't realize that. And yeah. then it finally, I mean, recovery was rough yeah. for the first couple of days. Yeah. Like recovering from that many miles. Like it's the little things in life. Like I got a hotel that night and then uh, like you look down and you're like, oh, thank God there's carpet. So you can move your feet yeah. along the carpet, just shifting your feet to you're the bathroom. Kinda, you're kind of shuffling. Shuffling along. to the bathroom and you're like, thank God there's carpet because if there wasn't carpet, I would have a hard time walking right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and doing this kind of thing and putting your body through that, obviously you, it was, took a, a toll on your body during it. And like you said, after, so does that make you like, and some people may hear that and be like, why would you do that? Or why, why would like, you want to do it? Again? Why would you want to do it again? Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, for me, it's just the beauty of just pushing your body beyond the limits. Cause I mean, definitely would pushed it to the limit, but I'm still here still kicking <laughs> i'm still able to go out and run for an hour uh a week later which definitely is a success so might as well keep on pushing and growing stronger because yes it hurt me uh like long not long term but short term but i was able to recover yeah so let's go from there continually use what I got from that training. Uh, Cause I use that as a training run. Definitely was a race, <laughs> but I used it as a training run for a much bigger race that I'm doing in November. Yeah, that's the Penhody, right? The Penhody 100. Yeah, and that's in Alabama. Um, and uh, you ended up, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say unfortunately, I mean, you ended up second place at the Merrill's Mile 24 hour. Um, and uh, because there was a gentleman running the 48 hour who uh, ended up running more miles than 24 hours. He's like the t Tennessee record holder. So he was actually running the other 24 hour race. Oh, the other one. Okay, gotcha. So there were two 24 hour races. There was one that started Saturday into Sunday, which I did. And then he did the Sunday into Monday. Gotcha. So they take, they consolidate everybody that's running both of those races. And then. You could be running the Saturday race and be like, oh, I won. I won the race. <laughs> and then the guy on s Sunday could come along, and then the next morning, Monday morning, comes around when you wake up after recovering from the race that you did the day before. You could be like, wait a second. I'm no longer first place. I'm second <laughs> place. This guy just beat me. Yeah. So, which, that's what ended up happening. Yeah. Because I mean, he, of course, he holds the record for the 100-mile He's 34 years old. Yeah. I mean, got a little bit more experience than me in ultra running. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're, you're kind of newish to the newish, game. Newish. Yeah. <laughs> newish to the game. But using, yeah. using what I'm getting from the training as ways to advance and get better. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this massive toll it took on your body during it. And, and, and I think you talked about it in your Facebook post, kind of recapping the race. But you said that for you, you know, you draw strength from, from Jesus, you know, strong yeah. and mighty. And so tell me about, you know, where that comes from and, and how, you, how you use that and how you hope that maybe people 
see that through through you, you know, him working through you, you know. So what I see from like running and then God is the m amount of miles that I put in, people are like, well, how do you do it? Well, through God, because he gives me the strength to keep on pushing on. I mean, when you say that, how, how does he do that? Because people might think, you know, people either that don't believe or people maybe yeah. that people that, um, you know, maybe they haven't done what you've done before. And so they're thinking, okay, well, how does he give you the strength, you know? So, I mean, there's several Bible verses that I always refer to, like Romans 5.18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will later relieve, reveal to us later. And then uh, Romans 5.3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Yeah. Which... Is what I do. This, this endurance. Is endurance, yeah, whether it be military or running. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and was is that something where you, you know, are you thinking about that kind of consistently throughout that running? or is it I, just I, tr like, I do. I yeah. try. I try to reflect, I mean, after these races, but I always try and start off, like, before these races with prayer. I'm like, okay, Lord, give me the strength. Pray over my shoes. I'm like, pray that these shoes will stay together and because if the shoes don't stay together then i'm running barefoot so <laughs> and then that's no good no <laughs> yeah so. um and what do you hope you know on the other part of that what do you hope people get you know people that see that you're doing you know these great feats and you, you i mean you put in the hard work and then you have a successful race what do you hope people get from that in terms of the like you said from the spiritual side of it they see you do this and say oh man you know, and, and, and um, Nathan's talking about God, you know, do, do you hope that people, like, get a sense that, like, hey, this is not, it's not about me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I hope a lot of people that see the races that I do, they don't, like, for me, when I post about the races, I try and not bring it about me, try and bring it about towards God. So people are like, well, wait a second, it's not about me, it's actually about something bigger. So... He's bringing it towards God and not about himself. And they see these races, they see the races that I do, and it makes them be like, okay, well, let me do one extra rep in the gym. Let me go run, let me go walk half a mile. Let me go do, uh, you know, a 5K. Just these little, the little things to always be better than yesterday. Yeah. Because like, that's a quote that I always say to myself, is always be better than yesterday. Yeah. Like, no matter what you're going through, always improve physically, spiritually, academically, intellectually, and just all around. Try and work to be better than yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And you have a tattoo we were talking about you know, before we started the chat um, that uh, it means, um, it's Hebrew, and it means, in some sense, embrace the suffering, embrace through suffering, yes. right? So tell me about um, why you why you got that and why that that so, phrase means so much to you. It stands for Asha. Asha means embrace through suffering. And it always brings it back to me that God went through a lot more suffering than we went through when he died for our sins. So we can continue to, he died for our sins, well, so we might as well continually push 
physically so he can get the glory throughout everything that we go through. Yeah. Like, actually, to uh, put it into different terms, my mom, back in December, lost her right leg. Mm. Uh, and I always bring it back to that. When I run, because my mom's actually trying to do a 5K. Wow. She's trying to walk 5K in October. Wow. She called me up a couple this weeks. This is with, like, a, she has a prosthetic? A prosthetic leg, yeah. yeah. So, and there's actually a lady that holds the record for the most marathons ran consecutively. Uh, she ran, ran 104 marathons. Her name is Jackie. She ran 104 marathons consecutively in 104 days. Wow. And she's got a prosthetic leg. Wow. So she can run 104 marathons cons <laughs> consecutively with a prosthetic leg, and I got both my legs then. You have no excuses. I have no excuses whatsoever <laughs> to be able to do the things that I do. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, for you, like you said, try, and you try to fit all this in while, in while busy, having a job, being yeah. a student. Um, so, and your day starts early with, you know, working in the military. Um, why is it important for you, I mean, to be to be a part of the military? Because not only are you, you know, with the National Guard, you're at your active duty as well. I am. And working with a, a training center and, and, and as, as a sergeant. Um, so, um, you know, do you, do you enjoy that job? It's because I'm honestly I'd, military, there's a, a physical fitness aspect to that. There as is. Well. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. So, I mean, what I do is I'm a support platoon NCO. So we get privates every day in my job or we attempt to get privates every day. So we get privates that come, they come to the warrior training center and then we give them a lawnmower, weed eater, you know, they do tasks for us to help us out, support the other schools. Cause I mean, we have to cut our own grass. Cause we're a, uh, like we run air assault school, pathfinder school, repel master school, uh, air, uh, air assault pathfinder, uh, pre-ranger school, uh, master gunner, senior gunner, jump master school now. Mm -hmm. So we run a lot of POIs, yeah. which is called, uh, place of instruction. Yeah. Now, are so, these guys coming in, are they, a lot of them, because, I mean, you're a pretty young guy yourself. I mean, are they younger than you, or, or a lot, most of them? Or? Most of the privates that we get are a lot younger than me. Gotcha. So they're like 18, 19 years old, and they show up, and they're like, we give them a task, conditions and standards, they do the job. But for me, the most enjoyable part of that is actually being able to be that influence. Yeah. Because... What they're most used to is they're used to drill sergeants. Sure. So they're not used to like regular sergeants as much as I mean we are being active duty military and stuff because we do our own thing. Sure. And they're like, this is their first like dip into the U.S. Army. Yeah. So they get that like leadership. So of course they ask questions, a lot of questions about, hey, what's the real army like? Because they're, all they're used to is trade off. Yeah. which is training, getting ready for their actual, when they get to their main duty station. So it's like they're, they're going through the grind. They and are. maybe getting yelled at or being told what to do and how to do it. And yeah. <laughs> so they go straight from getting uh, yelled at and everything else to we're just, hey, man, I need you to do this. And they're just like, wait, this guy's actually talking to me just a, like a regular human You treated being. me, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, private, I need you to do this. And they're yeah. like, Roger Sarn. 
Yeah. So, so um, do you, uh, I mean, and, and do you get a chance to, I mean, obviously, you know, there's separation of church and state or whatever, but do you get a chance to open up about, like, yourself and about, you know, fitness and God and all that kind of stuff I personally? I do, yeah. yeah. Like, me being an NCO, I try and just be me. Right. So, like, just, hey, you like to run? They're like, no, not really. And, like, <laughs> and then I tell them what I've done in front of, like, 44 privates, and they're like, Oh man, why would you go that far? I'm like, well, I mean, God gave me the strength to go that far, so let's go. Yeah. Let's. They're like, are you Forrest Gump or something? Yeah, I get I get told that all the time at work. They're like, yeah, we got a Forrest Gump here. Like, no. Because I mean, a lot of people, you know, that I've found, especially military veterans, you know, they typically running majority of them don't like running because they have to do it for their job and, and for do, the military. Yeah. And you're doing it maybe sometimes, maybe in the past at least, and not so good at shoes and early in the morning. Um, so I guess maybe you, might, then, be, you might be in the minor, minority when it comes to that, right? Well, also <laughs> the, the way the military's mindset as far as running is, is go hard, go, go fast. And that actually can physically break you. Sure. If you go hard and go fast every single run, course it's going to take a toll on you sure so something i've learned from uh doing ultra marathon training is i've had to slow down sure a lot you're supposed to train like 80 or 90 percent supposed to be like easy conversational right? yeah. yeah so that's something i've had to learn the hard way some days especially <laughs> when you get home after running hard one morning and you're like why did i go that hard yeah i need to i need to slow down or else my run coach is going to message me and be like, "Hey, you need to slow down. You're you're going way too fast." <laughs> what made you join the military at age? I mean, you were 17, obviously, and was this to, to pay for school, or you felt like you know, first a, a calling was, to do this? It at first was to pay for school, okay. and then it turned into just a mindset, really. Like when you get into it, and you're like, "Okay, this ain't really that bad," yeah. and then. You start meeting people, uh, training with people, and a bunch of training exercises, and you're like, oh, I actually enjoy this. And then when you rank up and continually move up the ranks, then you're expected to be a leader. Yeah. And that, that's what's most enjoyable for me, is being a Christian leader or being just a leader like myself, setting the example, leading by example, and not doing like not telling somebody, hey, do this, and then you would never do it yourself. Yeah, and being you know being 23 years old, and and I mean again, you're leading some guys that are you know maybe a few years younger than you, sometimes maybe older than you. Yeah. Um, what does that does that give you a sense of confidence and sense of like well purpose like that? Hey, listen, I'm doing pretty well, you know, and you know God's given me this opportunity at this age, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, I moved up to sergeant at 22, which that's four years from, well, five years since I got in, uh, but pretty big deal to make sergeant at 22. And then being that young of an NCO, definitely can have some eyes on, you definitely have eyes on you. Yeah. When you make that rank that young, you're like, mm, did he really deserve it or not? And yeah. And do you think that, I mean, that same 
do you feel like that you have, you obviously you have that drive for the military and want to do well and want to succeed and want to keep ranking up while, as long as you're in the military. Yeah. And, and maybe the same for running, like, okay, like, okay, like you said, I want to be better the next day and you want to shoot for, you know, this hundred mile race or a new challenge, or I want to be faster or go further. Yeah. Is that, is that, that both kind of very similar in terms of the, the, that drive and kind of where that comes from it for is, you? Yeah. Does that come from you know, the way you were raised or but come from like the fact that okay, so God comes, wants me to do like excellent, you know? So for me, it comes a lot from like the trials and storms that I've had to go through in life. Like my mom uh, has been going through a series of health problems since I was like 11 years old. She lost both of her parents within six weeks from each other and then I had to get a job at the age of 16. I got a job at Chick-fil-A. I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. And this is in North Carolina where it you is, grew up. Okay, yes. gotcha. I was working 50 to 60 hours a week while in high school, which people were like, well, how would you be able to run work 50 or 60 hours a week while you're in high school? I'm like, well, so I would ask my teachers for my schoolwork. Uh, like at the beginning of the semester, I would ask for the entire semester of schoolwork. And they would give it to me because I told them the circumstance and everything that was going on. Because not only was my mom sick, but my dad also uh, had, he was a mechanic, and he had a transmission tip over. Oh. And he had severe nerve damage from the neck down. Yeah. So he was out of a job. So you had to grow up fast. So I had to be like, well, I'm 16 years old. It's time to grow up and it's time to work hard. Yeah. And had to figure out, well, I still got to graduate high school, still going to join the military. So let me get my schoolwork for the entire semester. So I was staying up super late at night, working on schoolwork for two or three weeks in advance, the classwork and the homework, working on all that. And then... Uh, working from like I would leave I would leave every day at lunchtime so I'd go to school for first and second semester and then around lunchtime I was calling home being like hey I need you to call the school to tell the school that I need to be released call the school tell them that I need to be released I'm released go home grab my uniform go straight to work wow. like two o'clock work for nine hours and do it all over again. So for you, hard work is, is just it's just in the, part of it. Yeah. It part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what's given. I mean, that's how I, I've been able to do what I've been able to do. Yeah. Is just having to grow up super early, and then go from there. I was like, okay, I had to work hard. So let's work hard physically, academically, and just keep on going. Yeah, and I remember, I think you, you posted something, I think maybe a few weeks ago or recently on, because you're pretty active on social media, yeah. talking about your faith, talking about, you know, um, running <clears throat> and, and, and things you're going through and, you know, very vulnerable. Um, you talked about um, trees and how they grow and sometimes it takes five years for certain trees and being a student of the process. And so it's all about the process, right? It is. It's not, yeah. it's the journey more than the destination. I mean, obviously you want to do well at a race. You want to do well at a job or, or so an like event. A Chinese bamboo tree, uh, it takes, so the farmer, when he plants the seed, it takes five years for it to show any growth. 
Mm. So when people are like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Well, just trust the process. Yeah. You may not be going anywhere now, but five years down the road, that seed for that Chinese bamboo tree literally starts to sprout. And within six weeks, it's already 60 to 80 feet tall. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. But if you put it into retrospect in your own life, you trust the process, it will bring, get, will bring beauty out of it. Yeah. So you might be in a gym lifting weights and you're like, man, I, I need to get stronger. Well, you keep lifting weights, yeah. you're eventually gonna get stronger because you're breaking down the muscle fibers. So time over tension uh, is continually building your muscles. So keep putting that time or the tension uh, on time and eventually going to get stronger. Yeah. The same with, the same with running. You may not get faster uh, as soon as you want to get faster. But you keep running, you're eventually going to get better at it. Yeah. For some people, I mean, right now, maybe running two or three miles is difficult for them. And, and if, uh, 5K is, is a big goal. And, yeah. And perhaps, I mean, and that might be their end goal. Or maybe, you know, if you can run consistently three times, five times a week, then, then your body will become more efficient. And, yeah. and you're able to like, okay, well, let me add some more miles or let me try to get faster, either one of those, you know. And if that is the case, hey, man, it, it's, it's good. It's okay to walk. Like, you can't, you can't run, walk. Like, I tell guys at work, they're like, well, I'm not great at running. Well, then walk a little bit. Or my, or my knees hurt or something yeah. like that, you know. So, yeah. just walk. I mean, I also jump out of planes. <laughs> so, we were like, well, how do your knees do? I'm like, well, you just keep your feet and knees together when you jump. You hit the ground and you get... And what's crazy is a lot of the times before these races, like, the day before these races... I have to jump. Don't know how that always works out, but it's like <laughs> I did the uh, Snickers twenty or the Snickers marathon. Yeah, and it's in uh, Albany, Georgia. Huh? Yeah, so I did the Snickers marathon back in March, and the day before that, actually, I had a night jump, and the night jump was in Savannah, Georgia, which was like four hours away. Yeah. So we jumped at night. It was like nine o'clock at night when we jumped. It was a C-130 ramp blast. So they lowered the ramp on the C-130 and then we jumped at night Wow! Uh, into Savannah, Georgia. So jumped, hit the ground at like 9.15. We get back in the van and then we drive from Savannah back to Columbus, back to uh, Fort Benning, which is four hours. So we get back at like almost two o'clock. It's like 1.45. <laughs> we get back and I'm like, Okay, well now I gotta go get my car, get get fuel in my vehicle, and then drive to Albany, Georgia, which is an hour and a half away. And so, and you don't, I'm not gonna get much sleep. No, yeah. it's just like you. And I'd already accepted the fact, and I was like, okay, well, not gonna get much sleep. So, yeah. go from here, go straight down to Albany, Georgia. Get down there. It's like almost five o'clock. The race starts at seven. <laughs> You're like, well, <laughs> grab some breakfast or grab coffee. Some, grab some breakfast, <laughs> grab some coffee, take a little cat nap for about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And then go get my race packet uh, and then start the race. Yeah. And in that race, I averaged about a 7.15 pace. Yeah. For 
uh, 26.2 miles. Wow. So what was your total, your finish time for that marathon? Uh, 3.15. 3.15. Now, was the, the Pine Mountain 40-miler that I mentioned earlier that you did back in December of last year, was that the furthest you had gone in terms of in a race or that distance? That is, yeah. So, so. What, what was that like? Because, okay, so that was a new distance for you, 40 miles, and, you know, you, you know, um, putting your body through a lot over the course that of that. Was, you know. And that was actually a trail race. So okay. it was completely on trail. So this is which, hills and like hills, using, mountains. You're using different muscles when you're trailing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which was a big challenge for me, but I also implemented a lot of trail running leading up to it. Yeah. So what was that? How, how did that go? Was that, uh, did you have a, some, some obstacles to, to fight through during that as well? Or? I did. So on that race at mile 12, I ended up falling and hitting a boulder. Ooh. So and you're like your head or something? Or? On my leg. On your leg, okay. So I ended up looking down and my leg was just covered in blood. And I was like, well, I get back up, I continue to run. And then at mile 15, uh, one of the people that were directing the route was like, hey, you need to go this way. Because I was in the front of the, the uh, race. So I was in the lead. So they were like, hey, you need to go this way. So I went that way for, for about... A mile and then I turned around and I was like not going the right way because I ended up hitting a main road and this is supposed to be an all-trail race sure so I'm like well no I'm not going the right way so I turned around went back and there were the girl that directed me that way she's like oh I'm so sorry you need to go this way so I went <laughs> so the right way the, the way I was gonna go was the right way Oh, okay so <laughs> a couple ended miles up, out of your way. Yeah, a couple miles out of my way. <laughs> so I ended up continuing to push on and get to the turnaround, which was 20, 21 miles out. But actually for me, it was 22 and a half miles. Yeah. 23 and a half miles. <laughs> yeah. Because I put myself two and a half miles in the hole. So I got to the turnaround and actually I was still in the front. And then uh, I began to fuel my body, jelly beans and like gummy bears and stuff like that, and then refuel my body, get back out there, and then keep pushing. Yeah. Got back, like, about mile 37 uh, and a half uh, was when I ended up seeing some of my buddies. They were like, hey, you're number six right now. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to figure a way out how to try and catch up. <laughs> so get to the like mile 40 ended up running into some people and it was like they were exhausted or not mile 40 it was like mile probably 38 and then continued on and they were they were completely exhausted so I was like well they're they're shot so I'm gonna pick up the pace so I picked up the pace and I ended up going from about fifth or sixth place to being number two Wow. in that race wow wow that's awesome that's awesome from man. getting detoured <laughs> two and a half miles out of my way you're gonna have one of these races go smoothly at, I, at some I hope point. so i hope so <laughs> maybe maybe pinhody perhaps maybe. right i know you yeah. got several uh several races have, leading up to that so. yeah i've got 450 well 350 milers coming up and then 250 k's coming up yeah gotcha 
And and you know, um, you talk about how and, and I, again, I, like I tell, you know, I enjoy your posts and stuff and kind of you know, kind of deep thoughts with Nathan Harmon and, and talking about you know God and, and kind of looking at things like from a different perspective. And you talk and one of yours about you know, um, you know, purpose and about how um, I think you had. Uh, posted a video of uh, of, a, of a tanker, and you were talking about you know a little bit about the race coming up, the yeah. Hour. But you're talking about how you know the, it's all about you know you want to give him your hundred percent every time as much as you can, and you know kind of do it for him, and and that you know because he's created you for this purpose. So for you, I mean, do you have that in your mindset that like okay, because sometimes we can fall into lulls and we can you know be disappointed with how things happen or, or maybe how um, life's not going great or smoothly yeah. or whatever. So, you know, how do you stay positive amidst all that? So, I mean, the storms of life are going to come. So, for me, I always look, look back at the situations that I've had to endure through watching my mom go through all these health problems and then me having to pick up the slack. And I'm like, well, these storms have been here before. They're not going anywhere. So... I've been able to get through this and this and this. Let's continue to push on and not let these storms put me in like what I always say, like the doom and gloom attitude or like, oh, woe is me type of attitude. Let's be, get get back out there, keep putting one foot, one foot in front of another and continually letting God use me to bring him glory yeah. in like, running, uh, leading, leading soldiers, and then academically as well. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, you know, you, uh, well, so now you're from North Carolina, so are you a Tar Heel fan? I, we, I, we I about am, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too, so that's good. Yeah, I, I remember we talked about that earlier. And um, last thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, you have the goals for races coming up. We talked about that, Pinhoti um, coming up uh, this winter, a 100-miler. Um, in, in, in Alabama, so going to be better weather, which is, that's good news, yes. right? <laughs> um, but uh, what is your, in terms of goals, I mean, do you want to be, you know, meteorologist Nathan Harmon, or do you want to be, you know, a long military career, or that's uh, to be determined? To be determined, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, right now, I mean, I'm majoring in meteorology at Mississippi State, getting my bachelor's degree in meteorology. Right now, pro I'm leaning towards military, but then again, meteorology is always one of my passions too. Yeah. Especially forecasting weather yeah. and snow, which actually when I was 17 years old, I actually designed a snow machine that operates on a pressure washer and an air compressor. Oh. So it's like people will go into a plumbing store at 17 years old. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, building a snow machine. <laughs> In North Carolina, they're like, what? Yeah. So I, did a lot of research at the age of 17 on like what how ski resorts make snow so I ended up making a smaller version of that wow uh, that operates on a pressure washer and an air compressor and we were talking you know as well about how weather is very important for, for runners but also for the military as well I mean it's important for training and the things it you is, guys can yeah. do in certain uh, weather conditions right yeah because so in my position uh, well being in the military, we also jump in my unit. We jump like once, we have a jump once every three months and then sometimes more, more so. And 
that that play, that plays a big part. Weather plays a big part in jumping because I mean the aircraft can't come in if it's lightning or pouring rain. Yeah. And then also uh, the cloud deck. If the cloud deck's too low, the aircraft's not going to drop us yeah. out of the bird. Yeah. And with running, I mean, you know, you got obviously if it's you know ninety degrees or feels like a hundred, that's that's can be bad news for for a race. But you know, sometimes. Rain could be a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, Nathan, uh, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, and we wish you all the best with these 50 milers. And and looks, I'm glad that you're recovering and able to walk am, and yeah. run a little bit now. So uh, you've you've survived your your 100 miler and uh, onward and upward, right? Onward and hopefully one or two more hundreds this year. Oh, okay. Goal, so cool. Well, yeah. I, you'll be able to do it. I'm sure you yeah. will with with God's help. Oh yeah. Really an honor to talk to Nathan and get to know him a little more and uh, can learn a lot from him. You know, I can, you can, even though he's half my age, 23 years old, and uh, I'm glad, again, he's recovered from his race and uh, on to the next challenges. And uh, before that, uh, 106 miles, uh, in fact, uh, I think a, a day or so before, he uh, put a verse on uh, on social media. It's Romans 15:13. He said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he talked about how, you know, in, in these races or any kind of big challenge he has, he, he prays to God and then he lets go. And so letting go and letting letting God is is a, kind of a catchphrase, but uh, he, uh, he puts that into action for sure. And he also, you know, said on social media, remember, as you go through your week, this is a good lesson for all of us, Jesus is there and he loves and adores you so much. Speak light love and let his name be glorified. So, uh, you know, amen to that for sure. And, uh, you know, I uh, was talking to Nathan about how I think my longest runs 35 miles. And I remember doing an endurance race. I think I've talked about, uh, on a previous podcast, uh, um, many episodes ago, this was back in a summer of 2020 in the height of the COVID pandemic, when all the races were canceled, I was looking for a marathon in another state. And of course, uh, I found one in Indianapolis, Indiana. It was an eight hour endurance race. It went from 10 AM to 6 PM, I think, and was in June or July figured ah, it's going to be, you know, not as hot in Indiana, right? Well, one of the hottest days Indiana's seen in quite a while. I think it ended up being about high of 95 degrees, heat index of 105. And uh, a lot of that heat was right in the middle of that race. So it's eight hours. You do as much as you can on a two or three mile loop. And uh, I was great. Three hours in, I did 15 miles. I was, you know, decent pace, not going too fast and thought I was hydrated, but I wasn't. I, I, I don't think I had complete heat exhaustion and vomiting like, uh, like Nathan had. But, um, you know, 20 something miles in, I was just beat and uh, sitting down and kind of blacking out a little bit, seeing stars and uh, down a whole Gatorade, took about a 10 or 15 minute break and then went back out there, ended up doing about 28 miles in seven and a half hours. So uh, um, I, I was proud of that, especially in that uh, immense heat. But you got to be safe out there, uh, whether you're in Georgia or Alabama or anywhere else where there's heat. And in the summertime, you know, it's hot a lot of places across America and the world. So make sure to hydrate the days before, take those, you know, lots of salt and uh, and be safe and, and stop because it's, it's not worth it. Uh, in any kind of race is not worth it. 
And, you know, we, uh, we've talked to uh, Nathan's coach and a lot of other folks on here about fitness and faith in previous episodes, uh, the previous 114 episodes. In fact, you can listen to at WTVM.com slash podcast. Uh, we've got, we're on Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'd love for you to write reviews and, and uh, let us know what you think uh, and, and, you know, give us five stars if you like it. We're going to continue this uh, path as we, uh, you know, we talk about my passions of fitness and faith and Talk to folks every week, and I'm going to continue that tradition as well of having our Friday food for thought, two down, and I'm going to try to keep doing that on on Fridays or Saturdays at least, giving you like a little you know ten to twenty minute episode, a snippet of some insight on uh, maybe an issue of the day related to uh, uh, one of the things we talk about on this podcast. Now to our uh, final segments, including a parting gift that has to do with uh, pushing your limits. And this uh, inspirational quote comes from uh, a speaker that a lot of people know, very motivational, written a ton of books, award-winning, Tony Robbins. He says, the only limit to your impact is your imagination and commitment. So there you go. If, if you want to have an impact on people's lives, we all, I think, want to leave some kind of legacy, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a famous athlete. Uh, you can have an impact on the people around you, uh, the people in your circle, but and beyond that as well. Uh, use your imagination. Use your, and, 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 and the, I think the second part he talked about was even more important, the commitment to putting in the hard work and not just taking shortcuts or being lazy, but uh, having that imagination where there's no ceiling and, and, and God can do so much through you and using your commitment to, you know, putting that work in that training, that work in that you need to, to be able to have the results of having impact on other people. And, uh, so that you wouldn't ask somebody to do what you wouldn't do as well. Closing now in prayer, dear Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to uh, to talk to Nathan and and other folks uh, here on this podcast, this platform to uh, to glorify your name, lift you up in, in prayer, um, but also as we talk about these issues that uh, that all come back to you, and it's all about you, Jesus, and uh, we just thank you for dying on the cross for us, for our sins, and enduring so much for us that, Lord God, what we go through is so small compared to what you went through on our behalf when we didn't deserve it. And uh, Lord Jesus, just thank you uh, for keeping us safe. Uh, for those who are traveling and in this heat or whatever they're going through, mentally, physically, spiritually, that you will guide us and uh, help us uh, get through the tough times. You name me pray. Amen. Uh, so uh, thanks again uh, for joining us for uh, Run the Race, and uh, we're uh, right smack in the middle of uh, July and uh, going to have a great guest next week as well. I'm hoping uh, it's going to be uh, someone uh, that is a little unique for Run the Race podcast. Uh, he's going to talk about science and faith and how those two conflict or maybe how they mix together. Surprisingly, uh, he's an astronomer uh, who is uh, you know uh, looks at the stars for a living and talks about planets and space exploration as we get ready to maybe head back to the moon in the coming years. So uh, looking forward to that conversation as well. And uh, again, thank you so much for uh, choosing this. We know there's a lot of things out there to, to listen to on podcasts. Share this with your friends. Hashtag run the race and uh, let them know that uh, you know we have some fun on here, some entertainment, some inspiration, hopefully motivate you to get out there and uh, uh, stay fit, uh, not only physically, but also spiritually. 